Brainstorm, the podcast exploring how our minds work, how work affects us, and how we can best deal with it. We are Aidan Camis and Damiano Tescaro, explorers of the office jungle and mental health aficionados. Buckle up, because ideas are about to get wild. Hello and welcome. <laughs> so I can resist. <laughs> Which voice are we doing today? I, don't, I forgot. That was a that was a little bit of a Matt Berry. Hello and welcome to Brains. Now I've completely lost it. Now we just we we just literally spent fifteen minutes quoting the IT crowd. If you have not watched the IT crowd, you should watch it. It's just amazing. It's almost as good as this podcast. So don't forget to tell your friends to listen to it because we need to kind of catch up with Matt Berry. Yeah, Hayden, he and I we've got that going on. How are you today? I'm probably around a six out of ten. Like, okay. I've been sleeping well, which is good because I still have the mentality of twelve-year-old Aiden, which is I'm going to stay up until three in the morning playing Pokemon Emeralds. But uh, I've been sleeping well, reading books, meditating, um, and eating well. But yeah, I've recently switched job roles and I'm now a project manager. So, and that's just happened. Thank you. That's well, happened from the, the audience. Thank you. <laughs> the random stranger sat behind me. Where did you get here? How are you doing, Damiano? Still, congratulations for the for the changing role. I uh, full you. disclaimer. I always thought you you already were uh, a project manager because you are so phenomenally well organized, and everybody <laughs> should know that that's what I think. Um, I'm doing all right. I would say I'm probably six or seven out of ten as well i i just feel extremely tired at the moment we're preparing of course a lot of virtual events at the moment and uh, i think we've come to the point where you know we're really burning the the midnight oil in the sense that i'm starting to feel that there is a lot of friction in a lot of the communication that is happening with everyone have you had this experience in the past few months maybe that it's like those magnetic levitating trains and it's almost mm. like the magnetic field is reduced so <laughs> the, the rail and the wheel is starting to touch ever so slightly i wouldn't say i've been experiencing friction on a personal or interpersonal level but i think you know a year of lockdowns on the how when we're all starting to feel a bit more stressed out is about how our surge capacity has been depleted because our bodies are still kind of running on adrenaline and you know right, an entire right. year of of this i think is really starting to take an even even bigger toll a little spoiler uh aiden and i have prepared a little surprise a little tip that we will give everyone at the end of the episode to spice up the conversation you're having with family and friends and colleagues and everyone so stay tuned it's gonna be amazing so what is uh, the topic we want to, to cover today so today, I know you said that you've been um, experiencing quite a lot of friction. I think that one thing that I've definitely been experiencing is kind of loss of connection. Or at the very least, okay. I, I know I may not seem it with my very, my very confident Matt Berry impression, um, which just keeps getting worse. It's like as soon as it's recorded, <laughs> um, I, I, may, I may give you my Gollum impression later. Uh, that'll make up for it, but I won't do it now because I'll lose my voice box. Um, but where where was I going on that tangent? I was talking about connection. I found that I'm struggling to reach out to people more, and I think that's to do with the fact that I'm on calls all day. Um, and also kind of just because I'm out of practice. Um, Interesting. 
it's I I may not seem it, but I was very socially anxious before, and I still am at the moment. When I'm in a presenter workshop kind of setting, that's more a performance. But when it's like, oh, have a one-on-one conversation about with just a conversation, not like, oh, have a conversation about putting this Lego together or about this uh, this project. Like when there's something to talk about, I'm fine. I'll chat for ages. I'll 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 be fine. But when it's like talk as humans. It's like, how do I do that? Do you get the same or are you a bit Very, more... uh, Well, you know, when you said before that in, in presenter mode, you go into the sort of performance way. I think this is the best description. That's exactly how I feel. And, and it's one of the paradoxes because I love presenting. I actually, I've acted in the past, like in theater and musicals, and I, I love doing it because ironically, it puts me... F- kind of it, it, it protects me somehow from the audience between me and the audience there is a character normally there is this sort of persona mm. that is actually presenting so i completely i completely feel what you what you say that absolutely do you think it's a function the lack of connection or the difficulty is that a function of how much you're working or is just like the collection of you know lockdown and be maybe a bit out of practice or cherishing more this sort of a uh, alone time that you can have I, I think it's a bit of both, probably more the latter. So I, I live on my own. Again, very smart decision at the time, right next to the train <laughs> station in the middle of uh, of Cardiff. So I'll be able to see everyone all the time. Yeah, starting to only slightly regret that. But um, but at the same time, it does mean that I do have control over when I, I do want my controlled introverted downtime, which which is very much appreciated. But it also, like you say, does lead to less just practice and having conversations which which is it's quite weird seeing as how much i'm talking to a webcam for most of the day and i realize i went on such a wild tangent that we didn't actually cover what we're going to be talking about today and uh cliffhanger after cliffhanger yeah none of it ever it's like a really bad mystery show we set up all these (laughs) plot points and then completely forget about them um no so the theme today if you haven't guessed is about finding ways to connect with one another. Um, for me, I love life hacks, anything that makes it easier. So we're going to try and do ways which help you to connect deeper with the people that you work with, that you live with, that you're friends with, um, but also give them opportunities to understand you on a deeper level as well. Energize because it's very difficult to say it with a straight face and not go into like a today we're going to be synergizing management strategies. But I, <laughs> firstly, I really like the way that you described how acting and performing is almost you're showing a an illusion, a perspective, a version of yourself that you control rather than the full, intimate, vulnerable version of yourself. Which absolutely is a puppet, is, right? It's it's yeah, it's it's very. It's always going to be very scary to show that intimate side. So yeah, I, I think making those opportunities to connect with people and and being vulnerable there, and also opening yourself up through things like personal user manuals and more, um, I think they definitely complement one another quite well. You know why I was yeah. asking because I find that um, I would say it's more mainstream the idea of you know improve the communication and uh, you know try to speak up about your feelings and try to. I don't know, not being passive aggressive when you um, express how you feel about things, you know, Mm. all all good, reasonable points. Mm. But what I found to be, I guess, a couple of layers deeper and dramatically more difficult for me personally is to 
really get in touch and being able to express the triggers that cause something to happen internally. So it's not just about optimizing communication between you and I, for example, but it's being able to gain the awareness and then articulate things that cause friction. And that's why I was curious to to see how you you think about these two things. Because to me, they are slightly different. It's kind of two slightly different vectors. But I do see that they work in tandem, absolutely. So you you reach, you know, you improve communication overall, of course. Yeah, I, I don't think it's really something that I've thought about in that way before. So that, that's really cool. You've, you've kind of throw, thrown me off my own thoughts there. I'm now going, oh, what if I change this? What if I change this? <laughs> no, it's interesting because I, I read, I think there was an email thread a couple of weeks ago where um, we were talking in the, I think it was in the neurodiversity community uh, mm. regarding the like trigger words, right? Mm. Or trigger sentences when people say things like, oh, you're giving too much thought or you are really overthinking this. Mm. And uh, I, I thought how for some people, for example, for me, the you're overthinking this is one of my main trigger phrases, if you want. Like it's really something that regardless of the context, regardless of the person that says this, it always always triggers negative emotions. And this is something that I've come to realize very slowly, thanks to one of my best friends, actually, who taught me one of her trigger sentences. And when I finally realized the power that was behind the word, it's Mm. something that I've actually started to actively tell people in a bit of a a very primitive user, personal user manual, if you wish, Mm -hmm. because I've realized that there is an intrinsic energy behind that sentence that just makes me go completely, there there is an irrational reaction to it, right? And Mm. so it's, I find it very useful to tell people rather early, look, please be be careful when you say this, because I don't take it as a joke in Mm. any circumstance when you use it. Maybe it's an intro for uh, (laughs) the personal user manual, because you're actually the person that told me about this in the first place. I never heard about this before. So Maybe you can tell the audience, what is a personal user manual? Absolutely. That's a personal user manual. It's basically a document. There's there's no prescriptive format it has to be in. I've got a version that's just like a paragraph long. I've got a version that's a slide deck. But what it is, is similar to how you'd get an instruction manual for, I don't know, electric screwdriver. Um, <laughs> an IKEA cupboard. Yeah, something like yeah, something like this is how you use the tool. This is how you don't use the tool. This is how you fix it. Uh, this is I don't know what it's made of. Yeah, yeah, and anything like that. Um, you know, really useful. It gives you, you know, if if every single tool and item you ever bought, you had to figure out how it worked through trial and error, and there was no. You couldn't like go onto the internet and Google and fig- uh, figure out how it works. If you just had to do it through trial and error, that'd get pretty annoying fast. Or I don't know if someone gave you a keyboard, but there's no keycaps on it, so you've just got to guess. Um, I know <laughs> that's a touched. beautiful, beautiful image. I have to say that was mm. really classy. Thank you. I'm very yeah, proud of you. Thinking, oh, I should have put that in the presentation. So yeah, that's kind of how we approach our conversations and how we communicate with people we assume how they work we kind of guess how to interact with people usually based off of how we like people to interact with us our brains just assume that that's how everyone works what a personal user manual is at its core is just a document written by you the person in question 
and you can cover whatever you want in there. So, for example, how you best work. So, you know, for for me, I I still find it interesting that you think I'm organized because I am not. Um, I think that's <laughs> probably why you think I'm organized is because I work so hard to be organized because I know that I'm not. I know Which I'm intrinsically not. intrinsically makes you organized. Yeah. And there I get you. Yeah, I can't argue with that logic. That's the... <laughs> He's got me there. Things like that. Like I can say, I am not a long-term planner, but I am great at doing work under pressure or last minute. Um, you can cover who you are as a human being. So for me, I'm, who am I? Um, I'm Aiden. I am a project manager. I like talking about mental health. I have ADHD. Boom. Little things like that. Best ways to interact with me. I like feedback to be direct. I like... I need time and space to get stuff done. I prefer having a goal and a reason to do something rather than a set of instructions and no strengths and weaknesses of yourself. Just that alone, you could cover that off in a paragraph. If everyone, if you were joining a team, like, you know, say, for example, in the middle of a pandemic where you don't actually have a chance to see people face to face, just something like that already means wow i understand more about this human i know how to work with them i know a little bit more about them and, and i for example put on loads of stuff about what do i like doing in my spare time um you know lots of pictures of my lego boom already there aiden likes space star wars and lego um if you're new on a team and you're like oh i don't know anyone and someone else like i like lego too boom instant connection that was beautiful and actually i was curious did you find because i I'm sure there is a process behind this. And, and I know that you mentioned you have not only one, but multiple versions of your personal user manual. Mm. How did you decide what is relevant? What is useful for people to know? And how did each of these items come to your attention? As in, how does this belong into my personal user manual? I'm probably not the perfect example of this because I am always ready to overshare. And like I said, <laughs> monologue. And I tend to... I tend to be quite wordy. My my audience is primarily work focused. So the first sections I've got is conditions that Aiden likes to work in. It's like team environment, workspace, etc. My times and hours that I like to work. And my working hours when I'm most productive, um, out of hours contacts. So for some people they're fine with replying on a weekend. For me, I'll I might read it, but there's no expectation. And the same if I replied something out of hours, I'm not expecting you to match that um, best ways to communicate with me uh, how i best receive feedback things i need how aiden learns best aiden's strengths uh, which was a very difficult part to write because i uh, every time uh, which we'll see in, in the things aiden struggles with is imposter syndrome and low self-esteem so trying to write that entire here are the things i'm good at i felt like i wanted to go oh but you know i'm I'm not really, or, or I'm only good at that because of this. <laughs> um, and I'll quickly go through things that I love. This is where I go. Books, Lego, mental health, rugby, uh, comedy, and uh, video games, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, things that I like values wise, uh, my favorite word, Sonder, love that. Um, and then contact details and fun links to click through and learn more. Uh, and that's it at a high level. I'd never prescribe or say that you must have this in your personal use manual you must not have this you must have this because personal is the key word in it it's it's what you want to share with people if it's just two pages or three sentences long that's okay if you go really in depth on 
um, the exact kind of feedback you like and the you know the content and how you best like that phrase that's great it's it's really entirely up to you i have a question actually on this one when was the first iteration that you sent to colleagues for example of the your personal user manual i think my first one was my one paragraph version which uh, i've got a copy of here um, <clears throat> which just aiden uh, pronouns he him his is that it's best when people give him direction a goal and a deadline rather than a set of instructions you'll notice i wrote this in the third person that's because for me i found it easier because it kind of combated that self-esteem yeah. imposter syndrome side he gets easily distracted he's diagnosed with adhd so it's happy for people to send multiple reminders or requests of how things are going he likes feedback to be direct and not sugar-coated he's not great at planning things in advance but performs exceptionally well under pressure Aiden is comfortable talking about mental health or how you're feeling. He also uses excl exclamation marks and emojis a lot, but means it in an excited slash not aggressive way. Exclamation mark, smiley face. I find it very, very interesting because you're talking about, it's a mixture of your work optimal spots, so to say, mm. your patterns, so people can also understand, okay, I can expect this range of, let's say, behaviors or is going to perform this way. And then there are these sorts of um, best practices or recommendations. So like you perform best when you have a goal rather than a set of instruction. I think it's super interesting. And let's take this as an example. Mm. How did you find this out? Great question. Um, I've, I've always been a little bit... Um, I've always loved learning about self-improvement. Again, I think that comes from the imposter syndrome slash low self-esteem. Um, I've always liked to find ways to do things in an easier manner or to do more with less um, or just to improve in general. So, so I've always been looking for new ways to do things, but also I've always been very self-critical slash overly critical. So that's not great long-term to be constantly beating yourself up for stuff. But it does mean that I think a lot about what I do and I kind of can analyze that from a, an external perspective. Um, but it's also because I've, I've chatted with a lot of people and, and asked for that feedback and figured it out through trial and error over time. Yeah, a lot of the time it's just, say, working on projects where when I realized I wasn't given a goal, I was just given a set of instructions and no context and I, it, I didn't enjoy it and I didn't do well at it. Right. And did you find that after writing the personal user manual, some people started to actually change a little bit their approach? Yeah. So, so on the previous project I was on, it, it was always really lovely to hear someone use an example from my personal user manual. So one of them, one of right. them is to do with phoning is not the best way to get in touch with me. But if you need to get in touch with me urgently, calling me twice in a row is the best way to get a hold of me because then i know right. that it's important and you know i've got a smartwatch so my wrist will be buzzing i can't ignore it about a month or two ago some someone actually used that and they called me twice and i was like oh hello i'm like oh hey yeah i thought i'd call you twice because i saw it in your personal user manual and i was like that is absolutely awesome because I, I i i ignored it the first time second time it, it must be important and it was and it was so great to have just that little thing there you know it was just su such an awesome thing to get out of that that is pretty brilliant and I'm thinking really now from the our million listeners that, of course, will try to to write their own personal user manual. What happens? You spend the time to to write it and you, of course, are happy when people use it. How do you feel when people don't? Do you invite mm. them to, hey, please, you know, check this out? Or is it something that you leave more as a 
almost an exercise of self-reflection at times. So, so to your second point, it's really powerful for self-reflection if you write one and don't share it with anyone else. It's really powerful just just in terms of having a chance to to be introspective and and try and think about how others will perceive you and what you need. You know that that in its own right, taking time to do that, you'll learn a hell of a lot about yourself. But th- there's a question around how you want to share it, really. So I again possibly oversharing. Um, I have this attached in my email signature, which I so every single email that I send, there's a link to this. For other people who aren't as comfortable with sharing it, and again, that's completely okay, possibly just sharing it with one or two people in your team. So some someone's got to be the first person to introduce personal user manuals to their team. You're right. not all going to wake up on a random Thursday and all happen to have written one at the same time. So there's always going to be a case of vulnerability. But gathering up, say, just one or two people on your team who you're close with and encouraging them to create personal use manuals as well and then as soon as two people do it uh, then people are like oh okay you it's know movement exactly yeah there's a great video of it of someone dancing dancing uh, on the, yeah exactly on the but, yeah, encouraging you're not alone is probably a powerful thing good one and especially in the context of of a team right if i was a um a team manager or a team leader would you recommend the team leader to you know propose this to the team and to invite them to do it or do you think it's something that is so intrinsically personal that should actually come necessarily for everyone spontaneously? Because I can understand what you say, right? That some of the things may actually be quite maybe intimate. Maybe you don't really want to share with the whole team because, you know. I'd say the best way, if you're a manager, the best way to get people to talk openly about this is to model that behavior yourself. If you try and mandate everyone and say oh everyone must do a personal user manual and you must talk about your deepest darkest fears and traumas it's never going to happen and it's definitely not a very cycle or if it does happen people are going to talk very surface level but if you're in a leadership position and you create one yourself and share it with the team that you know it's modeling that vulnerability it's showing people it's okay to talk about this stuff you're not going to be you're not going to be discriminated against. You're not going to face judgment or stigma because, you know, we're doing this too. I think that's possibly the best way to to encourage a team to do it. But yeah, if you're just an individual and you hear about this and you like it, I think creating one yourself, sharing it with one or two people, seeing what they think, if if you don't feel comfortable sharing it with everyone at once, is a, is a great way to go about it. Now, as we start to get towards the end of the episode, I know that we have the cliffhanger of the event that you were talking about before, and I absolutely (laughs) wanted to touch base on that. What was that event? Tell us more. What happened? Okay, I'll give you the the short version of this, which is very powerful ammunition. I know you thought you got me uh, earlier when you were saying that I'm organized. This is where I have a counterpoint, uh, which is a very weird battle to be fighting. But I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna so let the imposter syndrome I'm gonna let the imposter syndrome have this one. Long story short, uh, Mozilla Fest is a, an excellent festival where they talk about all sorts of stuff. Wonderful world of open source technology. They're also talking about neurodiversity. I delivered a talk earlier this week on Monday about personal user manuals um, and how to connect with people. And I'd been preparing for this for a couple of months. 
And, you know, I'd, I'd made sure that it was all finished on the weekend. It was on the Monday um, around three o'clock. So everything was prepared. I'd had all my calls in the day. I was, I was standing up. I'd had a cough suite. I'd had lots of water. And I was like, right, I'll do some more stretches. And I thought, right, I'll, I'll do a quick 10-minute meditation, you know, just to fully clear my mind. I had all my speaker notes ready. Slides were all available. Uh, so I was like, cool, yep, I'm ready to go. Did that. Joined the call. I was like, cool, yeah. I was like, wow, everyone's already joined the call. This is great. There was 20 people there already. I was like, it's fantastic, you know, you know, doing the whole, all oh, right, okay, what, which video call? Yeah, Zoom. Okay, like claim the host key, set that up, yeah got a message from the facilitator. I was like, oh, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to share the screen, you know, and I'm good to go. They're like, okay, yeah, we're just wondering because, you know, you know, it started at quarter two. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Wait, what? what? Like, oh, it's, it started at quarter two. I'm sorry, what? It's, this is now two minutes to three. I was like getting ready to start at three. <laughs> i at some point had i thought that i'd moved the event forwards by 15 minutes in my calendar so that i wouldn't miss it and i hadn't moved it forward you had the right time in the calendar I had the, I had the right time it just didn't start on the hour um <laughs> so then all of a sudden i was like okay this is yeah. fine hi everyone thanks for coming to my talk about personal user manuals today we're going to be talking about why they're really important and, and how you can use them um i i I didn't. I luckily I because I had prepped everything. I was like, right, okay. My apologies, everyone, for my lateness, but um, I'm going to go straight into this. I thought to myself, right, I can't go back in time and make myself any earlier. So panicking about that and going, oh, well, this is terrible. Uh, I can't control that. That's already happened. What I can do is from this point, I can try and make it as calm, as professional, as valuable a session as possible. And I think given the situation, I tried my best to do that and not, you know, rush through and panic. Um, and it was okay. This okay. is not only a very good example, and I still don't take this as a counterpoint to me saying that you are very organized, but we will also have a link in our show notes, possibly of the speech, right? We do have it. Wonderful. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking yes. forward to that. Yep. Because if we also, forget, it's tinyurl.com forward slash mozfestpun which is M-O-Z-F-E-S-T-P-U-N. Pum is just a shortened word for personal user manual. It's good to say, Wonderful. Fun to say pum. But because, you know, I think it's super interesting to see how people manage mishaps in presentations because I do mm. think it's one of these moments where you really see the, the ability of a speaker to react quickly. And I think the way you explain this is actually incredibly thoughtful and interesting and it's something probably most people can really learn something from so looking forward to to checking that out <laughs> if we look back on it and, and my actual thing is i am really sorry guys i'm so late i'm so <laughs> i don't think i did that <laughs> i hope and now I you hope. know as we have the, the the last few minutes i this is the very first cliffhanger we had at the beginning of the episode we want to give mm -hmm. this super live pro tip to our audience on how to spice up a little bit the conversation with family, friends, even colleagues at times. You gave me this idea earlier. I thought it was brilliant. Can you tell the audience what the idea is? I think we've chatted a little bit before about check-ins, and that's that's what we kind of do at the beginning. We go, and I, I like to bring it into all calls. So I do a little, how are you doing? Ask a completely random question. So on this recent project, I've been asking things like, what are your top three books of all time? Favorite film? What did you have for dinner last night? What did you get up to on the weekend? But the thing that we're talking about today, which is a fantastic coincidence that we happen to have the same thing, is um, the game called 
we're not really strangers. And the initial intent behind this was it was a card game which you play with absolute strangers. And there are three levels of, uh, of deepness, let's say connectedness of the questions. And I've been using it when having conversations with friends and family. So, so for example, I, I just had a wonderful call with my mum about a week or two ago. We ended up going on such a deep and wonderful conversation that covered like so many things about like growing up, uh, why she chose to go to university, how she met the people there. I think so. You were using the card as a conversation, like a prompt almost for the conversation. Absolutely, because I I don't know about you, but how how are you doing with conversations in day to day life when we spend so much time on video calls? You know, I, I think I do quite all right. Like I, I think most people say that I'm I'm usually very energetic in calls, which is actually mm. true. The thing is, for me, this is totally a persona, right? For me, this is stage performance. And it's just something that I know that it works for me. And uh, I can go in and out of this persona extremely easy. Mm. It's very taxing, though, from an energy perspective. So, you know, it, I'm an introvert. So after most of my days have like six to seven calls every single day, which means that, you know, by the end of it, I need to literally, you know, <laughs> go back into a corner and stay completely alone for at least a couple of hours to recharge the batteries. But what I wanted to ask you is to close the episode in a very interesting and unexpected way. Mm -hmm. Would you like to ask each other a question from We're Not Really Strangers? I would love to ask each other a question from We're Not Really Strangers. Which which level should we pick? One, two, or three? Oh, so level one is perception. And and again, for everyone listening at home, if you don't have this card deck, um, you can just like grab some piece of paper and just write down some questions just random questions um and just just go into the conversation and say oh do you want to just ask and answer some random questions and just just asking that permission already puts you into oh this is different to the usual this is my last tangent i promise but daniel sloss on his podcast came up with a great thing which is called the covid silence which is when you have a conversation Mm -hmm. like the it wasn't an awkward conversation it was a lovely conversation but i felt awkward when i met my friend in Sainsbury's in a supermarket by chance last night and I'd forgotten how to talk it was like hey how are you doing yeah I'm good how are you yeah I'm good how's work yeah it's all right you know how's work for you yeah it's all right what are you doing on the weekend yeah not much what about you yeah not much and then there's the COVID silence yeah 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 yeah. I know what you mean and then it's like (laughs) anyway gotta go yeah great seeing you great seeing you too anyway bye (laughs) yeah and this is so great to counter that so um the levels are one for perception two for connection and three for reflection i think i'm taking a level one perception okay. because i think it's the it, it's a very good way to break the ice with people like especially okay so who who starts shall i start i have a very yeah. good one here okay go for it right go for it so aiden how likely am i to go camping and how high maintenance is my setup <laughs> It's funny this because by its nature, it's not intimate and you can get as intimate or not as you want. It's definitely a lot more intimate when it's not just two people. There's an entire podcast listening as well, which is <laughs> which is interesting. Um, do I think, I think, I think you'd enjoy camping. I think you'd be, 
I don't think you'd initially be very good at switching off from the world of emails and phones and things. But I think that after the initial five or six hours, I think you'd turn into like quite a zenful, you'd, you'd bring a bunch of books along with you. How high maintenance do I think? Yeah, I think I think medium maintenance. I don't think you'd be full on like, oh, I've got a 12 person tent. It's got all this rigging. It's got this. I've got like, like a stove and I'm, I'm catching fish with my bare hands. But I also <laughs> don't think you're going to be like a five pound like tent where you can't even sit up. So I think you'll be middle of the road. But I think you'd enjoy like a weekend away from society. Very interesting. That's why I love this game. And because, of course, you know, the next question would be, how? why is he thinking this about me? Where did he mm -hmm. get that impression? Because, frankly, we never spoke about camping before. Like, it's never. not fascinating. Question for you, Aiden. When you play well, this well, with your... Do, how, how far off was I? Quite far off, I have to oh, say. Oh, <laughs> interesting. And that's great. That means I'm learning more. Because, interestingly enough, I'm I'm not a camping person at all, actually really yeah i've had a few experiences when i was uh, a kid in something in italy we have these groups called like the boy scouts right oh, where yeah. Yeah. you go out and they, they they try to get you to i guess learn about nature and go camping mm -hmm. and i had terrible experiences back in the day just because you know the kids were horrible the ones i was with and so i think this kind of extended into my idea of oh if i spent a night in a tent in a place blah it never really appealed to me so probably there is still a bit of story behind this but I love what you said that you think I could switch off after a few hours and I hope it's true because boy oh boy <laughs> at the moment <laughs> I I really I really would have a hard time mm. what is your question what is your question what about me mm -hmm. what about me is most strange or unfamiliar to you the most unfamiliar, you are the first person I've ever met that, well, at least that told me that had ADHD and that was able to clearly articulate how this works. Like for me, it's been like a an epiphany moment. Uh, it, it's when I, I really felt I understood, which was, I, it was very unfamiliar for me. So I, I don't know if this can um, count, but for me, that, that would be the most unfamiliar thing. The thing is, you're a great conversationalist, so you really manage to make things feel extremely familiar, even though most of the topics we cover, even in this podcast, you are the brain, right, besides most of this. So I would say you're really good at making people feel very comfortable. And the most strange, right now, I would say the sweater you're wearing with this very interesting 80s orange and black pattern. <laughs> and oh my, did I just insult an Arsenal t-shirt? And all no, the soccer not fans at all. Oh, okay. No, I, I was, I I was, was a soccer T-shirt. No, I was just bathing in the in the, in the compliments. Incredibly kind words. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> this is great, but this is why I think it's actually great. So for all the audience, we'll put the link. Of course, we're not affiliated, but not um, it's a very good you know way to get the conversation started, even with people you already know. Aidan, I thank you so much. As usual, it's been a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I did mention that I was going to do a Gollum impression at some you point. You did. It I was, did. Then you have, have to do it. Have we got time left in the episode? Of course. I, I'm going to cut another part of the podcast to make space for this. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Yeah, we can just get rid of all, all the nice things you're saying about <laughs> me. What would you like me to talk about when, uh, when being Gollum? Well, I most definitely want the Gollum reaction to being late to the Moz Fest. 
We're late to the presentation process. We thought it started on time. No, you always do this. You're wrong, stupid, fat hobbit. You can't even turn up to a thing on time. No, it's okay. I can't change it anyway, Precious. It's already happened. We just need to do the presentation. No, you're a failure, stupid Aiden. Give up now. No, I'm going to use this in the presentation. You haven't got a presentation, Precious. Oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I did that at the end is because that wrecks my voice. Your voice. Mike, yeah. That was brilliant, Aiden. It was well worth waiting until the end of the episode. And uh, yes, to, to spare your voice any further, thank you for sharing this with us. Thank you for everybody thank listening. You. And as always, as we say at the end, it's okay. To be okay, precious. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye now. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>